0: How many of you know that we all need relationships? Yeah. Okay. Now, there are different categories and there are different types of relationships. Okay. So, we're not going to cover any specific type of relationship, but to talk about in the sense of how we are relating with other people. Okay. God did not create just Adam, but he gave him Eve because it was necessary. And from then on, we see the story of God multiplying and God creating and allowing a whole new people to develop. Mankind comes and everything has to do with relationships. But there was one relationship that we have not really understood. And it was the reason of why God created Adam in the first place. It was to have a relationship. But how we have come to define our relationships has been due to the experiences that we've had. The relationships that you have with your parents affect who you are. The relationships that you have with your friends determine how you act. And the relationships that you have with your partners then really influence how you will think, how you become. Very little does the world And even the people inside the church understand what is the type of relationship that I'm supposed to have with God. So I'm going to define two different types of relationship. The type of relationship that the Bible talks about, this covenant relationship. And another one that is just a consumer relationship. What do we mean by that? In a consumer relationship... You become or you relate to people based on what they can give you. Okay? So you become friends because you have a mutual interest. But you're only friends if the other person doesn't betray you. You're only friends if the other person is not fake or a hypocrite. Okay? So the same thing happens because we're all just consuming each other's. I want something that you may have but I don't know if I really want to give what I have because we're very selfish. We try to protect who we are, but the reality is that sometimes we don't even know who we are, what we want, what we need. So based on this, we can all see that even with the relationships that we have with our parents, sometimes it's based on what you can do. Okay, You want to go to that party? All right, so first, you're going to have to clean your your room, clean the house, do the dishes. You want to go out and hang out with your friends? All right, so first, you're going to have to do, do, you know, a whole list of chores. So it's very hard, and especially as young people, to start feeling used because I'm only doing things because out of interest. But what we don't understand or what we are not completely aware is that it starts affecting the way that we view our relationship with God and with the people in the church. Because I'm not disconnected from the world because I have a lot of relationships outside in the world with coworkers, with students, you know, with my classmates, people that I come across, you know, like in the store. And then I start bringing that experience into the church. And that's where we create this confusion. And I love the the part in the song that we were just singing about this chaotic love that God has for us. And it was so perfect because the love that God has for us will completely change our views. This chaotic love, and this is the covenant love that I wanted to talk to you about. If we look at some of the definitions, I'm going to show you first This type of relationship or this type of covenant. And one of the first covenants that God makes with one of his creations, which is Abram. And in Genesis chapter 15, I'm going to read from the message translation. I mean, verse 1, chapter 15. After all these things, okay, the word of God came to Abram in a vision. Don't be afraid, Abram. I'm your shield. Your reward will be grand. Abram said, God, master, what use are your gifts as long as I'm childless and Eliezer of Damascus is going to inherit everything? Abram continue, see, you've given me no children and now a mere house servant is going to get it all. Then God's message came, don't worry, he won't be your heir. A son from your body will be your heir. Then he took him outside and said, look at this guy. Count the stars, can you do it? Count your descendants, you're going to have a big family, Abram. And he believed, believed God, God declared him set right with God. God continue, I'm the same God who brought you from Ur of the Chaldees and gave you this land to own. Verse 8, Abram said, Master God, how am I to know this? That it will be all mine. God said, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, and a dove and a young pigeon. He brought all his animals to him, split them down the middle, and laid the halves opposite each other, but he didn't split the birds. Vultures swooped down on the carcasses, but Abram scared them off. As the sun went down, a deep sleep overcame Abram, and then a sense of dread dark and heavy when the sun was down and it was dark a smoking fire pod and a flaming torch moved between the split carcasses that's when God made a covenant with Abram I'm giving this land to your children from the Nile River in Egypt to the Nile Euphrates in Assyria the country of the Canaanites, Kenites, Catmonites, Hittites, Parasites, Rephan, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites and Jebusites a tongue twister but let's go back and this is where i want to focus this verse 9 when it says bring me a heifer a goat and a ram each three years old and a dove and a young pigeon abram brought all of them he split them down in the middle and laid halves opposite each other and later on when it says and after when a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch Move between the split carcasses, that's when God made a covenant with Abram. So I know that all of this makes no sense. And I was speaking to my brother, and my brother was like, I wonder what does it mean? What does it mean that he had to cut him in half? And what's the revelation, you know, like in all of that? I had no idea. And I didn't know that God was going to show us something because everything that he has Put in his word, it's important, and it means something. So I had to go and look. I had to hear to some other preachers talking about this specific event. And they were explaining that back in those days, when people were to go into a covenant, then they would have and they would present the sacrifice. They would present the sacrifice to establish what are the guidelines, what are the the rules of this covenant. And when they would do this, if they were to go into a pact, they would make an, uh, a business transaction. Then it would be that whatever offering they would lay it, they would cut it in half and they would put it in front of each other. And as they are swearing in this covenant that they would go through this offering saying that if I don't comply, if I don't abide by all these rules, then... Let the same fate of them being split in half happen to me. Okay? So this is the context of why when God tells Abraham, or at this point, Abram, he tells him, I need you to bring me a sacrifice. Because what's the story? Abram is looking for a confirmation of what God has told him. Like, I'm going to bless you. He shows up in Abram's life, and he tells him, Leave your father's house. Leave everything and come. I will show you this land where I will bless you. I will make a great nation out of you. I will make you famous. And Abram does that. But at this point, time has passed and he has not seen any of that coming to pass. Then he starts wondering, I don't have any descendants. Because Abram at that point, he was 75 years old, married to also an old lady. And they don't have any children. That's one of the things that, you know, when God comes and he established this relationship with Abraham, it starts becoming very personal. That it's not a transaction. It's not a consumer relationship just because God is telling him, oh, I'm going to make you famous. Who wouldn't want to be famous? Who wouldn't want to have wealth and riches and possessions and territories? Who wouldn't want, let's say now in this time, who wouldn't want to have a million dollars in your bank account? Who wouldn't want to be known that your Instagram pages it's over a million followers or your Facebook or your Snapchat? The more followers, the more popular, the more power that I feel I have. Have money enough to buy all the clothes that you want for the girls, all the purses and I don't know what else to buy. Makeup maybe, I don't know. For the boys, you know, like all the Jordans that you can have cologne, who wouldn't want that? If God was to show you today, show up in your life today and would tell you, you know, like, I will make you rich and I will make you famous, who wouldn't say, like, here I am? Chaotic love. Chaotic love, why? Because then it starts confusing everything that we believe. Because sometimes we believe that, no, 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 wait, that's not, because I don't want to be arrogant. If God starts blessing me, how is this going to develop? How, how is this going to happen? But imagine you are young. So you can see your whole life ahead and think, yeah, this is great. This is a good deal. I'm going to do it. But if you can think of your grandparents. If God was to show up in his life, in their lives, and then ask them, like, I want to make you famous. And i want to make you rich. What do you think is the first thing that is going to cross their mind? I will do it. Or... Will I have enough time? So this is what we see. But Abraham believes him. He goes, and this is the whole story. But we get to this point. At this point where God enters into this covenant relationship. And this is what it's gonna make sense because of the context of in this transactions that people used to make back in those days. And the reason why when God asked him, you know, bring me a sacrifice so I can confirm to you so that you can be assure that you can be convinced that i'm going to do this that that's why abram goes cuts them in half puts them and then he's waiting for god to show up but he's not thinking what's going to happen so if we go and in verse 12 when it says as the sun was going down a deep sleep fell on abram and behold dreadful and great darkness fell upon him what's that going to mean in your life that sometimes of all these promises that god has given you everything that he has prophesied even in the services that you have come people that have prayed over your life things that you have read in the word of god and you have said yes this is mine i believe this there's going to be a period of time for you to wait because then Abraham starts getting tired cuz not just he is waiting but then there are vultures trying to eat and take that away so he's fighting and then he says that he becomes so tired that he starts falling asleep so sometimes when God speaks into your life and isn't those moments when you feel like giving up just wait In those moments that not just he is tired, but then it says darkness fell upon and a dreadful. Have you ever been in complete darkness where you cannot even see if you stretch your hand, you can't even see that it's in front of you? It's scary. It is very scary. So if you translate that there are moments in your life where you're not going to see anything, Well, you're going to be so scared because of the circumstances that are happening in your life that are making you become fearful, and you're still waiting on God. And it's in those moments that he says, Then the Lord said to Abram. Doesn't appear. He speaks. He says to Abram. One of the reasons why we get so frustrated and desperate and we quit Because we're expecting God to show up, to do something in our lives, that we stop paying attention. We don't hear what he's saying. It's in those moments where you are your most afraid, when fear has overtaken, that you need to step in faith and become aware. God is saying something. I have to listen. I have to pay attention. I have to stop doing whatever it is that I'm doing. And I have to connect with God in this moment and say, what are you saying, Lord? What are you telling me? Why at this moment? Why in this time? Anxiety, depression. could be very dreadful. The desperation of you have fallen victim of doing things over and over again. You're just tired. You're so ashamed. You just want to quit. But it's in those moments that God will speak into your life and you have to pay attention. Let's go back and says, Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and will be servants there. And they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself, you shall go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried in a good old age. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. Even in those moments, even when God will speak, as you can see, it's not great news that he's telling Abraham. He's telling him about they're going to be sent to this other land. But they will come back because there are consequences to the actions that we do. Just as when we were reading from Matthew chapter 16, that verse 26 said, What profit it is for a man to win the world if they're going to lose their soul? We need to connect and then to pay attention to what God is saying and believe. Because there are good things. That he has planned for us. So all of this happens when in those moments when you're the most tired. When you're ready to quit. When you are full with fear. That he will speak and then he'll call your name. And then it says when the sun had gone down and it was dark. Behold a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between these pieces. God tells Abraham I'm going to make a covenant with you and it's not until he goes through that middle meaning that he didn't ask Abraham go through that covenant because I'm going to hold you accountable for what you are doing for me God takes and he goes through the middle and then tells him On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying to your offspring, I give this land from the river and explains and details. But he never makes Abram go through that, meaning that he intended, I will make this pact with you. I will make this covenant that I'm going to be held accountable for what I have said. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to do what I have told you to do. And you don't have to do this because it's all up to me. That's what makes sense of why would they wait for a savior? That everything that God, when he establishes a relationship with us, he's doing his part. This covenant, it's no longer just, okay, God, so how are you going to bless me? God will stay faithful. God will give you this unconditional love and why is it that people then confuse but what about when he says that he will curse you if you are not obedient that's what that chaotic love does to our lives because in this covenant because in this relationship that god makes it has both love and the law he makes this because in this contract that he makes with abraham he set in those rules those limits those boundaries That if you don't complete, then there will be a consequence. There will be punishment. But it's because of that, that in his love, we can find the grace. It is because of that promise, that covenant that God made with the people of the Old Testament, that it gets fulfilled in the New Testament with Jesus. When Jesus dies, when Jesus Gets afflicted When Jesus pays the price for what we were supposed to do. That's that covenant. So when God calls you, he wants to enter into this covenant where he's not telling you, now it's your turn. Go through that. He says, I will bless you. I will do it. All you have to do is believe, obey, follow me. There's nothing that we can do that will make us please God more than the love that he already has for us. That's one of the reasons that in the song that we were just singing, yes, you're the only reason that really matters. Because there's nothing else that I have to do. Everything else after that, when I understand that God loves me to the point that he will take care of me. That he has set his rules and guidelines because they are there to protect me. If not, then go with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a so great of cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that it set before us. Without this covenant, without this covenant that merges love and law, it would be impossible for us to understand what is it that God is doing. It is not that we're going to separate now. Well, I believe in the love of God, but not in his justice, in his law. It is impossible. We cannot take sides because if I just believe in the love of God, then I'm going to start living my life thinking that whatever I do, it doesn't matter because God loves me. And that is a false idea. Or on the other side, that I can't do anything because I don't want to get punished by God. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to lose my salvation. But God didn't call us to live in the law or just in the love. He has called us and he merges when we follow him. That's the whole point. It's not for us to decipher what does it mean. When God says don't do this, stay away from this, resist temptation, flee the devil. Do not get drunk. Do not surround yourselves with people of this world. We take it as, oh, this is too too much limitations. I don't want to do this. And what has happened is that we live now in a society where we have people that say, I'm a spiritual but not religious. Because I don't want to be subject to rules, guidelines of an institution that has been said by God. And there is so much confusion because I want to still do my own rules. I want to determine what's right and what's wrong. And this will never work. This is a lie from the enemy. To keep you away from this covenant love. This covenant relationship that Christ has. Has made it possible. Because it's not about and sacrifice. It's not about us then just being able to go and find another animal. That it would cleanse us for our sins. Because Jesus accomplished that on that cross. When he took all that pain. All that shame upon his own life. Because he loved us. So as you can see, it's no coincidence when we are singing this chaotic love. It's really chaotic. Because if it's left for us, to us, to understand how is it that I'm going to be able to live in the love and in the law. Where is the middle? Where is, how could I balance between those two? Jesus said, I will leave you the counselor and he will guide you and he will take you to all truth you don't have to figure it out it's already there it's already here it's already made available for you so let us not like it says let us strip away from all this sin that is trying to ensnare us and let us run and let us go confident but this is the covenant that God has with us All you have to do is respond. The word says, many are called, but few are chosen. And it all all has to do with people don't respond. Because whenever there is a call, whenever God is speaking, people get so caught up in their lives. People get so caught up. Like in the time of Jesus when he said, come follow me. And said, like, hold on, let me go and bury my father first. Let me go take care of my business first. But God has so many possessions. Don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity of doing and being in something even greater than your wildest dreams. Because even in the midst of all the chaos that this world is going through right now, so all you have to do is turn on the TV into the news there is no hope but there is hope because god has called you and is waiting for your response he already did what he needed to do he made it all for you he has laid it out he wants for you to take a hold of his word of this truth that will set you free nothing else will set you free knowing about god Is not the same as knowing him in person, directly, connecting with him. And as we see, his punishment is because he loves you, because he wants you to be holy. It's not because you are bad, you are wrong. He is perfecting something. Something that he started, like it says in Philippians, and he who started the good work in you will see it to be completed until the day that he comes. Everything that he is doing is preparing you and I for the day that it, when he comes. Have you ever looked at those documentaries about the space? And one of the things that the other night as I was watching one of these documentaries... With all the amount of stars that produce light, all the pictures that we get of the space, it has a black background. With all the amount of lights that the scientists have discovered throughout the years, there shouldn't be any darkness. Yet, there is such an amount of darkness, sometimes we don't comprehend and in the midst of it all there is God the covenant relationship that God has it's unique I was listening to pastor Tim Keller and he describes that this covenant it's a language of intimacy It's an invitation for us to go closer, to get closer to the one that is love. Not just because of what you're going to feel, not because of how he's going to make you feel, but then he will make you into love. He uses this relationship there is more loving and intimate than just a legal relationship and yet more binding and enduring than just a personal relationship he is able to blend the law and love into this personal relationship that has been made more intimate because it's legal that's why we can never separate his love from his law the law makes sense the law makes this intimate relationship a legal binding contract where he says and I will bless you and he will carry it out that's one of the reasons why I can understand from a personal testimony how walking away from the church could not keep me from his calling how deciding and thinking that I don't want to be a hypocrite I feel like a lukewarm this is not for me because it was in the middle of that frustration in the middle of that darkness that I stopped listening I stopped listening but he never stopped chasing after me but you know what I don't know what would have happened if I would have kept disobeying I don't know what would have happened if I kept just running away I cannot tell you I cannot tell you that I don't I don't know how many opportunities God has for each one of us I know that God gave me a second chance but I'm not looking for a third one guys I'm definitely not there's no way and it's in those moments Where I can see that I don't want to just be spiritual because it sounds cool. I need to abide by his rules. Because Jesus didn't come to just abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. But even the commandments that he says. Oh, do you know that the Bible says or the word of the law says do not commit adultery. Jesus would come and say but I tell you that even if you look at a woman lustfully you have committed adultery in your heart that the law says do not murder but if you hold anger resentment bitterness against one of your brothers you have become a murderer there is a greater calling but he has fulfilled He, the one that has the ability to create everything that you see, wants to come into your life and bring that order with his chaotic love. Why chaotic? Because it will break down any of the expectations that you have. None of what you have experienced so far will ever compare to the relationship and the love that God has for you. His love is unconditional. But you following Him gives you a condition. Deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow me. So I leave you again with Matthew 16 that says, in verse 26, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits, uh, forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of God The son of man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his father and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. Father we thank you for this moment. Father we thank you because you have made a covenant with your people.